We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome program Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you, man? What's up? I'm, I'm great, except it's been raining for five days straight. I never thought I'd say that in Southern California. Isn't the weather the strangest thing in the world? Go figure. Pittsburgh's freezing again and with the weather and just just dealing with all these different things. And I know our guests, especially talking about New York City, SNL. So I'm excited to welcome program Robert Bannon. He's an SNL. He's been on SNL for four years, actor, musical theater performer. And I'm excited. Robert, stopping by. How are you, Robert? Hi, guys. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy all of the things. I hope you guys are hanging in there, especially in these crazy crazy times oh yeah crazy times especially it depends where you're living you know in the northeast we're dealing with it california dealing with it but other places in the country go figure it's the state you're in and yeah, COVID again. And, and and you could probably give us some updates on that especially being in new york and all that so let's go really quickly robert to start out sure. in your career and talk about did you always want to be this actor performer all those things was that something you were thinking about when you were a kid well Um, at 12 years old, I told my parents that I didn't want to play recreation basketball or baseball anymore. I wanted to go to dance and musical theater class. And, um, my thank God for supportive parents who were actually uh, on board about it. And I went, I'm from Jersey. I'm born and raised in Jersey. So all we have here are diners and malls. So they took me to the Bergen mall and I learned how to dance and sing. And, um, I always wanted to, but when I turned 18 and had the chance to go to college for it, I gave up. I quit. I was scared. I was petrified. I went on my first Broadway audition and botched it. So I became a school teacher and I gave up singing and acting totally. I got my principal's license, got my master's in English and was never going to sing or or act again. And then it wasn't for 15 years until it kind of chased me. So um, my one man show and my album and everything's called Unfinished Business because coming back to it has been kind of the thing that I always felt was missing. So I have always loved art. I've always loved entertaining. And I just did it in a classroom for a decade. And I wow. So you had a midlife something. crisis and you did something yes. about it. And say, Dave, you know, it's funny. That's my background too. I wasn't a principal, <laughs> but I was a teacher, school teacher for X amount of years. And then went back to entertainment, pro wrestler, teacher, entertainer. And it's in the same thing as you're talking about your one man show. I'm thinking about specifically how I kind of, went through that gamut of just a regular guy as a school teacher after being a professional wrestler to now back into the entertainment field and loving it more than ever. It's just weird how these things happen. Dave, don't you agree? If you talked about it before, you're pushing the, you know, really your caregiving and gas station, really, you didn't talk about it. And look at it now. You're the nationally known gas station guy. I know. People (laughs) are calling me up 47 years in the business and my mentor says, why aren't you doing this gas station thing? I says, I don't know. <laughs> Especially, see, you just never know. And it, it, it goes, I'm going to go into teaching. I'm interested in this, Robert. I, I really, we need to connect outside of uh, yes, this, this envi- environment because goodness gracious teaching. So in school, what did you, I think that it teaches us as, you know, you're a teacher, you're a principal, all these things that you learn to perform in front of kids. And kids right. are the worst people to perform in front of they're the worst dave you want to know you how you 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 screw up a lesson you'll know from the kids after the 40 minutes are up if they're sleeping if they're, I, I didn't yes. deal with the phones if they were anxious they didn't come out like being excited to be in your classroom so it was like a performance wasn't it hey yeah but Neil, you're over six feet you're pretty intimidating 
Yes, yeah, so, but I still had some entertaining classes at, at six for ten. Six for ten. Well, I know yeah. if I had a professional wrestler as a teacher, I'm sure I would definitely pay, <laughs> pay attention. I, I wouldn't know suplexing me uh, for not doing my homework. That's for sure. But I always say that I, I had 106 fifth graders and you have 106 pairs of eyeballs on you throughout the day. You get real comfortable to just be yourself, which helps you be a performer because you know, being authentically who you got, you guys are being who you are right now and people are watching and that not everyone realizes that it's hard to act kind of natural, especially on stage. So the classroom was a show every single day and they are the toughest audience because they have no filter. So they'll tell you that that's not funny. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> so were you the class clown when you were in uh, high school? No, I was petrified. I was so scared of my good little Italian Irish Catholic parents. I behaved myself. I wasn't, a, I flew out of a cannon late in life. I, I've gotten to wow. be this person later. I was always very well behaved. I didn't cause any trouble. But I, I love, I can like, say the same thing, Dave. I was pretty much a clown <laughs> at times, especially in high school. I, especially as an athlete, I'm in the back of the room, especially my senior year, like, who cares? I already got accepted to schools. And what I, and, and I didn't really get into education really seriously till my master's degree when i went from a master's in education and undergrad i was just like a history major and i'm finishing up at the end based on that and i'm like okay i'm going to be a pro i'm still going to do some other stuff I, I went back and just to graduate i i dropped out of school to be honest we had college to go Same. after my you you where have you been my whole life what are you the I there are stories that are so similar, except I never became a principal. I ran an after-school program, so I'm close to that in that way. And this man is an SNL. See, Dave, you never know we'll who figure. you're going to meet. I keep telling people who are podcaster, radio host, TV. When is it going to happen? It's Think right out of the box. front of you. It's right in front of you from the connections you talk to. They're right in front of you guys. You don't need to go and jump on Clubhouse, which I used to be addicted to. You could just do your show, meet amazing people every week, and transform your life. You never know who you're going to meet. So let's jump back, Robert, when you talk. So you said they were rotten. You had to really perform to make it happen. What happened next? So what made you say, okay, after 15 years, I'm going to did you do it on the side during when you were a principal and stuff entertainment I, school? No, I did nothing. I did no performing. I did no singing. I did no acting. I did nothing. And then what happened is I saw an off-Broadway show. I was going through a personal transition. I, I had broken up in a long-term relationship. I was lost. I went home. I was so upset and depressed. My, my, my therapist was getting all of my good teaching uh, insurance money. <laughs> they probably bought a house down the Jersey shore with all my insurance paychecks. And I was really felt like something was missing. And I went home and my brother, who is um, not a performer at all, uh, said to me, I think that what's missing is you love art. You loved creating things and, and it's, you haven't done it. And I went to acting school at 34 years old. I just decided like, I'm going to, I'm taking two years. I'm going to a conservatory. I'm going to learn the Meisner technique. I'm going to learn how to become an actor. I'm going to get back to musical theater. I'm going to get back to singing. And it was really a lesson like, I must be insane, but I figured like we have these ideas in our head that these ages and these milestones make us not be able to do things anymore. And everybody has something they want to do and they're afraid to do it. So I just felt like it was now or never. So I just did it. I, I don't know. And I, I went to acting school, still taught, and then it just transitioned. And Saturday Night Live came about from an email. You talk about like weird, random moments in your life. I got an email saying they were looking for someone with blonde hair and blue eyes. 
And would I submit for Saturday Night Live? I thought it was a spam email. I thought it was fake because they're not randomly emailing me off of backstage or actors access website, actor profile. And then they said, we can't use you because we're looking for someone that has a, a shaved crew cut hair. And I was like, are you, if, if you will put me on Saturday Night Live, I will go to Supercuts on Lemoyne Avenue in Fort Lee, New Jersey, round the corner right now and shave my head. So the casting director was like, hold on, let me ask the director. If they hire you, you'll do it. And I said, yes. And a half hour later, they hired me. And I went to Supercuts and told the lady, just shave, shave my head. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And she remembered me. They remembered me because I guess in my own way, it was a way of standing out. And I said to her, it was a pre-tape um, parody commercial for what called Welcome. Uh, it was a TSA security announcement. And it was trying to show that me looking all scary. They put me in chains and I was carrying this big, scary bag. It looked like a gun. I got to go through the TSA line at the airport, but everyone else that did not look like me did not. <laughs> and I was the scary skinhead guy in the, in the, in the episode for lack. And she always remembered me. And I think <laughs> I just did episode. like 24th or 25th appearance, which, you know, in the moment, and I know you guys must know this, you do this every day, you talk to people, and I love your show because you talk to the gamut. I mean, I've seen you, you could talk to Melissa Manchester and Ray J in a week, and I, I love that that's your guy's bag. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, but what is what it, is that you don't realize it until you take a step back, and a friend of mine wrote me and said, I remember in being in middle school with you, staying up till 1130 to watch Saturday Night Live, and then you got to be there. And then it was like a moment where it clicked, like this is hollowed ground. It's insane. So um, it really came out of the blue and I never in my wildest dreams expected something like that to ever happen. So, so you you were the most popular teacher in, in school. Were you trying to, to win that award? No. no, but what happened is when I started doing work, they Googled me and they find me and um, they watch the videos and they listen to the music and, and the students have always been really successful. And I hope that in somehow it ins inspires them in some way to go yes. out there. When he left for teaching, it's really the interesting thing is that- they make a movie friends. about your life, my friend. Oh my yes. I, I, I don't, uh, thank you. I so appreciate <laughs> that. I, I can't wait to see it's what's a, it's next. It's a great I, story. Thank you. So working for SNL and what you do is you said you're a jack of all trades and involving yeah. us. I don't think people understand how many people are involved in one production of SNL. Can you kind of explain to us specifically like some of the things you've done on SNL and how sure. it's pretty much a production like any other production and that they need people to jump in on certain things. And well, who were the comedians when you were there? Because it keeps changing every year. He's still, sure. he's still working for them. He still, was there just, two weeks ago. I mean, when you started, who were who was there? Well, the, well, the guest hosts are always interesting to see because, you know, they change all the time and you do get to, and they do have various personalities and some of them are super friendly and, and, and personable. And then some are others that are, are very quiet and to themselves. That's the politically correct way of saying that. I think they're interesting. <laughs> um, and uh, the cast is, is very, you know, what's amazing about it is it's in that studio and those cameras and the sound move from, it, they look like shoe boxes. The sets are built in little boxes that are around in a square. And those cameras move during the commercial break. And in two to three minutes, they set up a brand new set. And that crew is, they're not like a movie set where everything's staged and they just jump. They're moving and making it all happen in that space. That crew is, I don't know how they do it. The pressure and the anxiety of live television to get you the cast on and the camera set up, the sound set up and, they, and the costume and, and hair and makeup in three minutes is unlike anything. Um, 
they're a huge production and and sometimes there's 50 or 60 extra people on set for things such as um when melissa mccarthy was doing the sean spicer interviews um during all those press conferences we would be ushered in and at being the press corps and we would have you know direction and they're they're being yelled at but what people don't realize is there's not a lot of rehearsal you're rehearsing maybe once the day before and once or twice that day and you're live and when they count down they tell you five Four, 12 million people are watching. Don't mess this up. Three, two, and you're live. Have you're you got live. cue cards? They have cue cards. There's cue cards Thank and everyone are color coordinated and there's <laughs> and actions are color coordinated too. To ooh, to ah, the camera comes in, the sound effects. Like they, they have people that, and they're old school cue cards. There's no teleprompter. On, on paper, yeah. Because they changed so often throughout the day. So um, I've gotten to be everything from playing violin with Jimmy Fallon and Harry Styles to playing bass uh, guitar in this as an episode called Electric Shoes, which is we danced down the middle aisle of Saturday Night Live. Um, I've, like I said, been in the press corps. I've been in the audience of rallies for political things. I've been moderating um, debates. I, I have been, I've been in the jury with the Jonas Brothers. I don't know. It's been a, such a bizarre, weird. Wow. Do and you see that, do stand-up comedy? Do you have, you do that on the side too? Oh, I've never done stand-up comedy. I do cabaret, like my show is a very typical one-man cabaret style show called Unfinished Business where I tell my stories and sing, but what I've never do done that. Um, I do that all around. I, I, I'm, I'm in New York in April. I, I'm going to be in Maine this summer. I'm going to be in Jersey. I and just you've got videos. Yeah, and you can find them on YouTube and um, watch the awesome. whole entire show. It's my story, but it's told to music. And so let's. I want to get back to this now. We're going to get back to the project. You see, you know, your media train. You jump to that, and that's great. I want. I want to know the. So did you? Are you on every week? Are you on every week of Saturday Night Live, or you just do it? Is the, do they call you in? Sometimes they ask my availability every week. And as long as I'm available, I can be on every week. If there's a, a job during COVID, um, they really were very strict and they tried to limit it to the principal core cast members only. Um, and then they kept a core group of people that were available every day to be tested. So it was really hard. Um, last season in the height of it, I was only on two episodes. This season so far, I've been on two, I've been on an episode and then one episode, the sketch got cut because there's an extra hour of material that they cut every single night. They do a dress rehearsal at eight o'clock and there's about 45 minutes that gets cut that they don't get to air. So sometimes you can be in something and it never airs. Um, and then sometimes I was- Sometimes it goes on the following week. It no? goes on YouTube or it goes on the following the following week. Um, and then the last episode, I, I was supposed to be there. And um, that was the episode that they canceled because of COVID right before they went on, where they they showed, re they they had the monologue and then they they had a limited staff because they had an outbreak. Uh, wow. So how many guys that, are working on there like you? Uh, it varies week to week. Um, sometimes it's three or four of us. And sometimes it could they could call in 50 wow. people. What you a know, great job. So next year, if, you know, COVID, let's hope, disappears to a certain level then you'll be doing more you'll episodes. have to just look look for me i'll be doing something odd and weird on on, on, on an episode so are all those skits on your youtube channel as well all your reels of the uh, some the good ones the, <laughs> the good <laughs> the good fun ones are you definitely can find the fun ones the ones that you can really the tsa one and the the violin and, and electric shoes they're on there they're under my um essence there's a section for it for sure so you said yeah. from seasons one and two you were there every week almost right so yeah. What what celebrity caught your eye the most that you guess guess celebrity you worked with that was the uh, thing for you? Gail, you know, wonder what that was a sketch that got cut. 
But Wonder Woman, Gail Godot, uh, like eight feet tall, beautiful, gorgeous, Israeli speaking, sweet, sweet. And it was just me, Keenan, uh, Leslie Jones and her. And I was playing a, a dad who has a stroller with a baby in it. And she had a stroller with a baby in it. And then her baby kept throwing things, throwing bottles and milk. And she was covered from head to toe in gook and stuff. And they cut the sketch. And it was oh. really, and it was really funny. But she was, she was so, so, so really, really sweet. Emma Thompson too. So, so sweet and polite and coming around and saying hello to everyone that was on set. Um, so there there's, it's, a, it's, I, I used to go to like the weirdest part about being at SNL is that it's an old building, you know, 30 rock is old. So the dressing rooms are shared. We get put into kind of the Seth Meyers studio where they kind of set it up like a big dressing room for everyone in the, because the actors that are on the show every week, the principal actors, Keenan and, and Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong, all those, they share dressing rooms. There's not a lot of space. Wow. So they all share a bathroom. So we all share a bathroom. So you would literally go into the bathroom and Alec Baldwin would be in the full Trump costume, like at the urinal. Like it'd be like, where am, what is, where is this world that you are at the urinal? Alec Baldwin is in the way. So that's why probably the COVID that it's doesn't, the, it's not, it's not the best situation no, for social distancing and there's, exp yeah, wow. All right, Dave, we have any questions for SNL before we get into the cabaret some more? I'm interested. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to see them all. I'm going to go to YouTube and watch you, everything you did. Now you're going to make me go on and make sure it's up to date. I'm going to have to. <laughs> see, there you go. See, so none of your students uh, like took a camera and, and did that stuff? Oh, they watch and see it. They sure do. They watch so, and see it. They, they comment on it. Um, they ask me, the last episode I was on, Taylor Swift was the musical guest. So they asked me if I saw her and I did see her in the hallway. Like I didn't speak to her, but you know, they get there. They're, they're, it's so funny because when you look at 10 year olds and 11 year olds, they see the, they, they're so innocent and, and they just think like, you know, you can, everyone's just friends and show business is like, you can be hanging out and having a slice of pizza together. It's not like that, but, but I, but I'm, I'm always impressed and that they will stay up late and their parents and parents conferences through the years when I was teaching and, and doing all of this would say like, we've listened to you or we watch you on TV and it's bizarre. It's no, but I mean, were they filming you in class? Was YouTube around <laughs> in those days? You don't look that old. <laughs> no, oh, oh, God bless you. Thank you. Um, I am, um, and I, I'm, and I just turned 38. I, I, um, I used to be 38. <laughs> I, they, they loved, they, they always are impressed, but I, listen, I'm a school teacher from New Jersey, you know, like that's how I, 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 and so I, I love about teaching. teaching. Are you still trying to be involved in teaching and acting and stuff? Because I, I do try to be involved in education and I, I do make it a big deal. And I've, I've taught musical theater and I've taught, I, I, I just want to be, you know, a really corny answer. And it's not my media train answer. I swear it's I'm, I want to just be of service. I think that art is, you know, you guys do a service, you put on a show, you entertain people and inform people. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, like good art and good conversation and stuff is to serve the people watching. So if I can help and teach in any way, anything that I've learned along the way that, that I think that's my, my mission, I hope. All right. I like it. <laughs> well, as you know, I'm, I'm in the gas station business, but uh, halfway through my life, my wife had a headache. She had a stroke. I became her caregiver. I was totally unprepared, made all the mistakes. 25 years I've been doing this. She lost her speech, became paralyzed. And now I'm, I'm caregiver Dave. So I've got my own little industry that I'm, I'm helping caregivers stay alive. 30% of them die at caregiverdave.com. Now they're making a film about my life. Uh, should have a, a rough cut in a couple of months. 
I'm, I'm releasing my fourth book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon uh, Wisdom for Uncommon Times. So, I mean, I got a lot of things in the fire here. I try to tell people that if you're not a caregiver, just wait, you're either going to become one or need one. Have you ever thought about, you know, maybe you're going to have to care for your parents or, or grandparents or something like that? I don't mean to laugh, but that's very, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but what are you guys watching my life from afar? Dave, firstly, you made me feel like the laziest person in the world because <laughs> how do you have four books and, and all of, and, and gas stations and caretaking? I'm older than you. No, I'm exhausted for you. I'm I, we're going to have, someone's going to have to come get you, order some food and take yeah, the a nap. caregiver who needs a caregiver. I, um, my, my parents are, uh, of a certain age now. And, um, my father, you know, has had a lot of health issues throughout the years and it's been a, a real, uh, thing to take care of him. You know, he has heart conditions and diabetes, diabetes and all of that stuff. And, you know, bouts of the hospital and all of that stuff. My mom works at a hospital. So, wow. you know, my family are all first line kind of first responders. My brother's a police officer. My mom works at a hospital and, and things like that. So people who are taking care of people is like the greatest. And you do comedy. And I and, right, and I <laughs> pretend for a living. And I um and uh, they, I I think that it is a conversation, and I wish people took it more seriously and planned because people don't plan until it's almost like a reaction. Right. You know, people wait until there's a major yes. catastrophe in their family, and and then they have to scramble. So thank God for people like you because that's important and really important stuff. I'm gonna and, go on air and call him out. He needs to make this a foundation. And make yes. it the biggest thing ever that I can get all the celebrities to support Dave. And Dave, I'm telling you, I'm going to call you out on December 30th, 2021. You have to go that route because I think that you would have so many celebrities backing you. And then you write the book and it's in yeah. the. I'm it, definitely going to start after this book gets released. Uh, that's my next book. And but what about a foundation for Caregiver Game? You got to think of it. There's money available and you never know. So uh, going back to this teaching connection, go figure, right, Dave, how we find these connections. A lot of our story. Robert, I think that as a teacher, you see now you can teach to the world, correct? And I think that's the big thing that brings your passion is the classroom. You only had a certain amount of kids you can reach. You can reach the world and teach to the world. So what are your like goals the next years that what you want to accomplish what is that ultimate goal that you want to accomplish um yeah i've really put a lot of focus on um putting out the message you know the the like i said to you before the idea this moniker this unfinished business moniker when at the end of my show i say like everybody out there it could be to travel to learn a language to go back on that first date to go to to start an etsy shop i don't know whatever the desire is that's inside of people it doesn't have to be show business it doesn't have to be something big it's something small so for me it's been really to, to teach that lesson for me i wasted i didn't waste but for 15 years i let fear rule my life and and stop me from doing what i really wanted to do and i yeah. make me upset that people go through their whole life without the, doing what right. they love to do for me personally um it's just to continue to go out there i want to work I, you know, I'm a workhorse. I want to work. I want to, I want to get, I want the world to be healthier and better so that I can, I want to, I want to, you know, be on stage somewhere. I want to be on set somewhere working. I just <laughs> like to work. So, um, All right. Fear is the killer. Fear is the killer. You know, Sinatra said the only thing to, um, there's nothing, the, the secret to life is that to not be afraid of anything. Something like, he didn't say it exactly like that. He said it much cooler than me, but like, that's it. That's the secret. There is nothing to be scared of. So exactly. Cause the opportunities come. 
Where can we false get false evidence it? appearing real? Except so in the head so Robert, with a folding the chair. best place we can go to find out about your music, your your show, all those things. Where can we go? You could go to robertbannon.com and you could find me on Instagram at Robert M. Bannon because someone in Ohio took Robert Bannon. I don't know who they are, but I'm going to find them. Oh, but I would, if I was a wrestler, I think I don't think I don't I don't think I'd be a heel. I think I'd be a baby face. I see. I'm a, I'm a heel. And that's what I'm, yeah. I'm a wrestler. That's it. Well, then that's it. And this is the ultimate. This is match. We got to set up for the match. When I'm ready, a, let's set that match up. You know, definitely I'm, on I'm SNL. On SNL, talk about a wrestling. I'll be the rev. Yes, no, exactly. On SNL, let's make it happen. Yeah, I'm, sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you have the connections. All right, Robert, we appreciate it again, and Happy New Year, Happy both New Year, and Dave. I cannot believe 2021 is almost gone. But again, got one more day. You guys make those days happen. You got to make it through one more day. Yeah, we'll see you in 2022, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, that was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. Take care.